Hi, this is Jerome Gilmartin, JMJ Catholic Radio, bringing local and EWTN Catholic programming to Northeastern and Central Pennsylvania. And now, let's listen to the My Jesus Mercy program with Joe Grady. Joe? Well, thank you, Jerry, always for the kind introduction. And to you, the beloved family of mercy, we always say a hearty welcome and the greatest hour to welcome one and all this hour, the three o'clock hour, the hour of great mercy, the most powerful hour of the day when his mercy triumphs over his justice. And as Jerry mentioned, my name is Joe Grady from My Jesus Mercy Ministries, and we are lay Catholic apostolate. A little further on in the program, uh, we'll talk about one of our apostolic movements with City of God on Mary's Land, the Divine Mercy Farm, and uh, exciting things that are happening here. But before we get to that, we have praying to do and a lot of pleading of God's mercy upon ourselves, upon the whole world. Okay, we're broadcasting to you on First Friday, and it is the Feast of St. John Marie Vianney who is the patron of the Holy Priesthood. And I want to say a couple prayers for our Holy Priesthood. Uh, first, uh, from St. Faustina's prayer for priests. Lord, give us holy priests. You yourself maintain them in holiness, a divine and great high priest. May the power of your mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of your mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests, for you can do all things. Amen. And we are graced to be gazing upon our Lord right here from the city of God on Mary's land to the city of Mary in Neopokalana in Poland and acknowledge our most merciful King, by this great gift of the Internet, by doing greater things than he has done only by, again, his grace, that we can gaze from Pleasant Mound, Pennsylvania, into uh, the city of Mary in Neopokalana in Poland, and ask our Lord to bless us in all of our needs, and many they are. And that is for certain. I'm going to also offer this other prayer for our holy priesthood. Now, the first Thursday of the month, according to Pope Pius XI in 1934, is dedicated to the holy priesthood. And we'll say this prayer for our priest. So we say, Divine Savior Jesus Christ, who has entrusted the whole work of thy redemption welfare and salvation of the world to priests and religious as thy representatives through the hands of thy most holy mother and for the sanctification of thy priests, candidates for the priesthood and religious life, I offer thee this present day wholly and entirely with all its prayers, works, sacrifices, joys, sorrows, sufferings. Give us truly holy priests and religious who inflame with the fire of thy divine love seek nothing but thy greater glory and for the salvation of our souls. And now, Mary, good mother, protect all priests and religious in the dangers of their holy vocation, and with the loving hand of a mother, 
also lead back to the Good Shepherd those who have become unfaithful to their exalted vocation and have gone astray. Amen. Mary, Queen of the Clergy, pray for them. Okay, and we have some prayer intentions, beloved, but first we just want to say, as we always do, that we are 2,916 days into the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary to the glory of the Most Holy Trinity. We ask our Lord's blessings upon all the youth and our Holy Father out there in uh, Portugal. And we ask that Our Lady of Fatima bless them in a deep and profound and mysterious way for the great gift of being able to be present there especially for our youth, to encourage them to seek out God's mercy, his love, his grace. Okay, and some of our prayer intentions. You know, the pastor from our parish today asked us to pray. I didn't specify what the, uh, I guess, operation is, but I believe it's sometime in August for uh, Bishop Joseph Bimbera, so please keep him in your good prayers. We also want to pray for uh, Father Nestor for knee surgery. We pray for Donna, who is recovering from a stroke, and gives big thank you, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and you, the beloved family of mercy, for praying for her. And our good friend Jimbo also thanks you for your prayers and for all Jimbo's other intentions. I'm going to pray for Patty, a new listener to our program. Actually, not new, but spoke to her for the first time. She's a mother of three young men who are in need of prayers, Hunter, Philip, and Joshua. And Joshua, who is battling uh, drug addiction, and so many of our young people who are in the throes of that battle with drug addiction. I want to pray for Bernadette for her conversion and her health issues. I want to pray for Al to have a successful cancer surgery. And a mother called in to pray for her grandson, I'm sorry, her grandmother called in to pray for her grandson, Frankie, that he would come home safe and sound from Syria. He's deployed in the military. I want to pray for all of our military especially those who, I guess, were deployed over somewhere in Europe. And we beg God that there will not be an escalation to a war that is being concocted, of course, first and foremost, in the bowels of hell, but those who are cooperating with Satan. Of course, I speak of those in the New World Disorder, who have hijacked this country and most of the countries in the Western world. And we pray through Jesus and Mary, the King and the Queen of Peace. They are biting off more than they can chew. A word to the wise for them. You will not defeat God's plans. This especially when he has given them over to our Blessed Mother. And she says to us, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. Russia will be converted. And a near peace will be granted to the world. 
So a word again to the wise. You will not thwart God's plans. Exclamation mark. Okay, beloved. We pray the chapel of divine mercy always at 3 o'clock on this hour of divine power, this hour of mercy. And we pray for the end of abortion and the culture of death and for this exclusive intention, which includes the majority of the world, we have been given by St. John Paul the Great the noble gift of receiving a superabundance of grace to combat all this all-out assault from the malicious and vicious culture of death. Remember, beloved, we are the church militant. The combat is stupendous. But we are armed with God's grace, His mercy. We are fortified for the task at hand. And now, from our hearts, let us pray this chaplet of the Divine Mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We say, you expired, O Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls and a notion of mercy opened up for the whole world. O fount of life, unfathomable, divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. The blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us, I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth in the heart of Jesus, as a fountain of mercy for us, I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth in the heart of Jesus, as a fountain of mercy for us, I trust in you. We say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Spread the effect of grace, thy flame of love over all of humanity, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven, sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, from thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer to thee the body and blood, soul, and divinity of thy dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us 
adorn the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, adorn the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, adorn the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, adorn the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, adorn the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, adorn the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, adorn the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, adorn the whole world, eternal Father. I offer to thee the body and blood, soul and divinity of thy dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us, and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and on the whole world, eternal Father, I offer to thee the body and blood, soul and divinity of thy dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us, and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us, and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us, and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us, and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us. Adorn the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us. Adorn the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us. Adorn the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us. Adorn the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us. Adorn the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and on the whole world, eternal Father, I offer to thee the body and blood, soul and divinity of thy dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and on the whole world, for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us. And on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us. And on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion, 
have mercy on us and doing the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and doing the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and doing the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and doing the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and doing the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and doing the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and doing the whole world, eternal Father, I offer to thee the body and blood, soul and divinity of thy dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us, and do on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and do on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and do on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and do on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and do on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and do on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and do on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and do on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and doing the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us, and doing the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us, and doing the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us, and doing the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us, increase your mercy in us, that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your most holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Jesus. I trust in you, Jesus. I trust in you, Jesus. I trust in you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for our sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we ask you, beloved in Christ, especially those who might be homebound, to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet often for that inclusive, I say exclusive, which, which includes basically the whole world for the end of abortion and the culture of death which has so many inroads and we see it in our depraved culture which is tragic and how the few lord it over the many is a perplexing thing but it seems that the few are the ones with all the money and all the power 
to push an agenda which is basically consuming the people of this country and of the West in this vicious culture of death. Okay, beloved, we continue in our prayer mode, and we pray 33 times that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Eternal Father. And from the heart, we continue to make deep reparation for the ungratefulness of man to the God-man who offered his life to the Eternal Father for the sake of our poor souls. So you see, we're dealing with outright arrogance. And when you are lukewarm, you fall into this arrogance, maybe not intentionally, but just lukewarmly, to go along, to get along. But everyone has been wired by God to worship. It's just, are we going to worship the one true God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Or are we going to worship man to this secular humanist society that is the Catechism of the Catholic Church tells us is that man usurps the power of God. Man controls, or at least he believes he does, the passageways of life and death, which only belong to Almighty God. Yes, he in his will, which is unfortunately corrupted, does he try to take control and seduce the masses. But in the end, God will always have the final say. You know, it's interesting, beloved, that we are reading in scriptures a lot of the parables, especially the one about the tares and the wheat. Now, tares and the wheat, well, the wheat and the weeds, if you will, so the tares are the weeds. When they grow up together with, and Jesus' contemporaries who he was speaking with would have known this very well, that the tares look exactly like the wheat. They can only be distinguished when it comes to the harvest time. So the wheat has a golden, if you will, flower or uh, stalk in the end, whereas the head on the tear is black. And if you eat the head of the tear, it's poisonous, and you will die. Where, of course, we know wheat is ground to become bread, and especially the bread of life, right? Which we consume when we receive our Lord in the Holy Eucharist, and that brings life, because that's from the wheat. Now, the harvesters, Jesus tells us, at the end of the world, then he will separate the wheat okay, from the tares, and the tares grow up exactly inside of the same, if you will, patch as the wheat and cannot be distinguished again till the very end. And the angels will do the distinguishing and they will cast the tares into the fire, right? The darkness, the fire, 
we see. The golden, the wheat, is the children of God to the kingdom of our Father. So from our hearts, let us pray this and become distinguish, distinguishable in our Father's eyes when we proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. 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 Jesus Christ is Lord Jesus Christ is Lord Jesus Christ is Lord and every knee shall bow in the heavens under the earth on the earth and under the earth and every tongue shall proclaim to the glory of God the Father that Jesus Christ is Lord Amen okay beloved now we pray 13 times the come Holy Spirit come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. And beloved, in deep humility, we beg the Holy Spirit to come down from on high, not by way of our poor prayers, although when we pray from the heart, it does help, but remind him of the purest heart of his well-beloved spouse, our Blessed Mother. And as St. Maximilian Colby said, she is creation's perfect response. She is creation's perfect response. So that response from Our Lady, that yes, that fiat, came by way of a free will that was completely dedicated to God. Yes, she did have the Immaculate Conception. But like Adam and Eve, who were basically immaculately conceived, right? Especially Adam out of the dust of the earth. They did not have original sin, as Our Lady did not have original sin. But like Eve, Our Lady had a free will. But that free will was in complete communion with God. So her response was perfect to God. And we 
ask her, beg her to plead with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to take this world and to change it to complete that triumph of her Immaculate Heart. And always, as Pope Benedict XVI, God rest his soul, said, to the glory of the most holy trinity. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Amen. Okay, now we're going to turn it over to Jerry. And Jerry, if you give us that station ID. Yes, we're listening to the My Jesus Mercy program with Joe Grady on 104.5 FM Scranton and Wilkesbury, 90.9 FM Laceyville, 91.7 FM Dushore, and 91.9 FM Houtstail Altoona out there at State College as well in central Pennsylvania. Back to you, Joe. Thank you, Jerry. And um, I want to make an announcement there, beloved, and need, of course, always of your prayers. But um, I want to tell you about our St. Charbel Harvest House to be built at the City of God on Mary's Land on the Divine Mercy Farm. You might ask yourself, well, what is a harvest house? And I'll give you the description that was given to me. All right, it is a timber frame structure that will have a heating and cooling system and contains a commercial kitchen, a cold storage room, storage space, a dairy, a milking parlor. It will also provide an educational space for farm workshops. And this is all to benefit our beloved Carmelite nuns also, the pro-life home, Providence Home, down in Scranton, and any other folk who might need food in this coming uh, years, 
as things will increasingly get rougher, that we need to have a place where there is wholesome and good food that we, by the grace of God, are going to be growing and giving away for free to those who are in need. This is all, of course, by way of the grace of God. So it comes with, yes, a little bit of a steep price tag, half a million dollars, $500,000. And if you would like to call me to learn more about this, you can do so by calling me at 570-448-6279. That's 570-448-6279. That number again is 570-448-6279. Now, this program was featured last night on EWTN at 6.30 with Father Chris Alar. There's a program on the Divine Mercy it's a beautiful segment, and I even was speaking with Jerry a little bit earlier, and he was touched as I was when I had seen the segment. I'd seen it, you know, a couple of weeks ago, but it is very well done by our dear friend and proprietor of the Divine Mercy Farm. I speak of Mr. Matt Nickel, who again you will be able to hear on Mary Kate's program. It's a rebroadcast of what the Divine Mercy Farm and the Apostolate is to help our beloved Carmelites and those who are in need. So there is a lot, beloved, going on at the City of God and Mary's Land, and we deeply need your prayers, first and foremost. But when we think of EWTN and maybe worldwide, the amount of people who might have seen the program last night, maybe five to ten million people. Well, if every one of them who saw the program just would send us 50 cents, well, we'll easily reach our goal. But it has to be a response from the heart in knowing that this is going to benefit. And it might be a satellite for other areas to do the same thing in these upcoming days when things will grow more intense within our culture, within our country, within our world. I'm not trying to be an alarmist. I'm a realist. And what they are trying to do, it is for real. These are the same people that came to us with the pandemic. So you follow my Line of thinking here, I pray. So, again, if you'd like to find out more about the St. Chabel, we're praying through his intercession, Harvest House. Again, I mentioned to you what a Harvest House is, timber frame structure, a heating and cooling system, commercial kitchen, cold storage, storage space, a dairy, uh, milk power, and uh, we want to get St. Hildegard, the cow. That way we can make milk and cheese and dairy product uh, like butter for the Carmelites who do not eat meat. And right now we're supplying them, thanks be to God, with plenty of eggs, plenty of um, 
vegetables and fruits coming from the Divine Mercy Farm right here at the City of God on Mary's Land. And that is our intent is to end this farm workshop that Matthew mentions here is to instruct others on how to grow their own food product as things will intensify within our nation, within our world, to give you that nurturement that you need, and first and foremost, to the great mercy of God, His divine and His infinite mercy, always going after first and foremost the bread of life, right? The wheat, if you will, so that we will not grow up into, although it is part of life, the tares. We don't want to eat the poison of the culture of death. And I know you follow my thinking. Okay, so it's 570-448-6279-570-448-6279. Give me a call. We can talk about it. And we can send you that video. It's about eight minutes long, okay, on a program, again, from EWTN with Father Chris Salar on the Divine Mercy. Okay, beloved, now we will turn our attention back to uh, I Believe in Love, our continue um, retreat that we have been on our programming for the past, oh, I guess, maybe four months. We've been doing this retreat, and it's uh, from Father John of the Heart of Jesus, and it's on the life of St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, and I add with it, only because Father John of the Heart of Jesus, at the time this book was written, would not have been familiar with, or barely familiar with, St. Faustina and the Diary Divine Mercy in my soul. So let us pick up now, beloved, where we left off at. All right, so peace I leave with you, Jesus says, my peace I give to you. My nature revolts. I force myself to say, all is well, Jesus. Do not change anything. It is a fight which we must take up again and again without ceasing, speaking on our fallen human nature. And it always rears its ugly head. St. Francis de Sales says it dies about a half hour after we do. This is the drama of our life. But the beautiful thing is that Jesus sees our will united to his by a fundamental choice, the profound habitual disposition of having only one will with him. All those moments of our nature, if we do not consent to them, do not exist for him. There is no sin without consent. So, we've always heard that, the consent of the will. Now, the grievous consent of the will is it has to be an offense that is grievous before God. It has to be, if you will, mold over, right, 
and then finally the will gives its, its consent to carry out the grievous sin. Now, that's why we should not, and by the grace of God and pray to Our Lady's intercession, not have a scrupulous conscience, right? Because basically in that scrupulous conscience, we are really turning our free will over to the evil one who will torment us and who will convict us constantly of things, a lot of them, that we're not even guilty of. So we just have to come to grips with and surrender our free will to our Lord. And if we do fall, he gives us the sacrament of his mercy, the tribunal of his mercy, the sacrament of confession, right? Which we must avail ourselves to as often as possible. As it says in scriptures, a just man sins seven times a day. Well, I don't know, and I'm sure you do not know, how just we are in the eyes of God. So again, when we examine our conscience, even if we have to take down notes and keep them in a private place and bring them <clears throat> to the feet of the priest who is in the persona of Jesus Christ and by way of Jesus Christ is the one who gives us an absolution not of his own accord but that of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who forgive us our sins. And the Holy Church takes that so <clears throat> to heart that if a priest were to uh, tell someone our sins, they would be defrocked immediately for revealing the sins. That's how grave an offense that is before God and his holy church. So avail ourselves as it says in St. John's epistle, he who is faithful will forgive us our sins if we confess them in the formula that he taught us right there on Easter Sunday night when he said to his first apostles, his first priest, not to inanimate objects whose sins you shall forgive, they are forgiven, whose sins you shall Retained, they are retained. He was speaking to someone and some ones that will be his representatives. Not just going into your room and thinking about your sins and say, Oh, I'm sorry, Lord. Well, God is a gracious God, and He does work above the sacramental life of the church, but that's not the normal way that He wants us as committed Catholic Christians to operate. He wants us to humble ourselves, confess our sins, and he, the faithful one, will forgive us our sins. Remember, he, the faithful one, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, not the priest. He has no power other than the power of Jesus Christ to forgive you your sins. We examine ourselves on our thoughts and our acts. We do not examine ourselves enough on our dispositions toward God and on what he expects of us. This examination will be encouraging 
for our good disposition, our, sincer- our sincerity, and it, our, if we are sincere, it will reveal the presence in us of the Holy Spirit poured out into our hearts. Is not a soul in the state of grace his temple and the dwelling place of the Holy Trinity? This is surely it is. It is here that the impressible fight against every unrejected attachment to forbidden things will be decided against every attachment which, as the very word implies, involves a deliberate and persistent choice, a choice which, however, must not be confused with the possibility of a fall through weakness. So, beloved, we all have weaknesses, okay? Jesus told us that the kingdom of God is within us. That's why we examine ourselves and we must be honest with ourselves to whatever that weakness might be and seek out the grace of God to combat it because Jesus tells us, right, my grace is sufficient. So whatever our weakness is, Let's not give into it. That's where our free will comes in. And we seek to do God's most holy will. Remember Our Lady, who is the perfect one in nature, okay, who sought always to do the will of God. So let us take an example from her to always seek to do the will of God. And if we do fall, we just pick ourselves right back up, go to the tribunal of his mercy, and experience that love that God has for us. Father John of the Heart of Jesus continues and says, we must not think that sanctity is soaring above temptations, difficulties, and obstacles. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. We live under a master who died only to rise again. And we possess the hope which is the certainty of his victory. A victory which is ours to the extent that we do not separate ourselves from him. We surrender, if you will, our will. That might sound enslavish that we're surrendering ourselves, but remember who we're surrendering to. It's a God who is love and mercy itself. It's not a tyrannical God or someone who lords things over us in our life, but knows us and seeks to keep us safe and secure in his heart. We can even rejoice, in a sense, in having an evil nature which justly gives us the occasion to deny it our consent and to repeat, No, Jesus, it is your will that I love. It is that which I want and nothing else. It is you whom I choose. Now, beloved, temptations come to us. And the weight of those temptations, only God himself knows. But again, his grace is sufficient. But we have to ask for his grace. It's called prayer. 
right? Listen, seven days without prayer makes one week. We get it, right? So when we do not pray, and St. Alphonsus Liguori, whose feast day was the other day, says, we will not be saved if we do not pray. Because we are worshiping, honor, glorifying the one who has given us this precious gift of life and whom we want to give back to him that he may fill us completely with his love. In the same way, Father says, according to St. Paul, strength is perfected in weakness. Right? I make my own special boast. Right, that the power of God will stay over me in my weakness. Confidence is perfected in worry. Humility is perfected in the movements of pride. Light is perfected in darkness. Psalm 138, verse 2. How many times I have heard the statement, I am a proud person. I am always having thoughts of pride, vanity, self-centeredness, preferring myself to others. I answer, are you happy with these thoughts? Do you give them your full consent? No. When I notice them, I reject them. I see their inaptitude, and I am even ashamed of them. Then you are not a proud person. You have, like me and all of us, a prideful nature. Profit from it to make acts of humility which will put you back in the truth. Right? Worshiping, as Jesus said, in spirit and in truth. And that's what we must do, beloved. Take our Lord at his word and worship him in spirit and in truth. And when we do, we will come to that room of self-knowledge of who we truly are. Father says, the truly proud person is the one who has chosen pride, who has made it the rule of his life whose avoided goal is not to submit, but to dominate. We are all sinners, and it is necessary for us to recognize it, beating our breasts. But the impenitent sinner is the one who has chosen sin. It is said that the devil makes the gravity of the sin appear to be less during the temptation and greater after the fall. I think that this is right. He augments it, not only in order to make the telling of it in the confessional more difficult, but especially in order to discourage us. His plan is to lead our souls into despair, as he himself is in despair. His victory is to make us doubt mercy of God. Remember, he's trying to, beloved, make us doubt the mercy of God because he himself never experienced the mercy of God. He rejected it from the beginning. 
and he was well aware of the grandeur of God, more so than we will ever be until we get to heaven. So do not let him convince you that your sin cannot be forgiven, that you would despair of whatever sin that you might be involved with, especially with grievous sins. You must believe in mercy to the point of believing that you are a joy for Jesus. I return to this thought which I have already touched upon, for it is essential. The life of the Christian is a life of love. Can people love one another without knowing that they are a joy for each other? Ask yourselves, how does Jesus see me? He sees me as his child since my baptism. He sees me since my confirmation, filled with the superabundance of the gifts of his spirit, marked with an indelible character of a soldier of his kingdom. He sees married people bathed in the grace of the sacrament of marriage. And looking at husband and wife, he thinks of his union with the church. He sees me as his lamb, which has been so often led itself to be led back to the fold in his arms, purified by absolution. He sees my soul transformed into himself by mass and communion. My soul, where his father and he has made their dwelling place, because if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him. And we will come to him and will make our abode with him. These are the actual realities of the sacramental life of grace. Okay, beloved, we're pretty close to being out of time. Our program for this week, we ask you to pray for us as we will pray for you. And please, again, keep in your prayers our uh, house of St. Chabelle, our timber-framed house, our harvest house. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, as now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Thank you, Jerry, and God bless you. My pleasure, Joe. God bless you, too. Bye. Right. Bye-bye now.